know that every time we come to church, we should be having a supernatural encounter. Did you hear what I just said? You should be expecting to have an encounter with a supernatural God. Oh, hallelujah. Did you know that that should be everyone? Every one of us should be expecting to have a supernatural encounter with a supernatural God because we are supernatural beings. I am a new creation. I don't know about you, but I'm a new creation. The old has passed away. Hallelujah. The new has come. These things are of God. I'm alive to him. Hallelujah. Jesus came to give me life and life more abundantly. I've got the life of God in me. His eternal life is in me. I don't have to worry about when I die where I'm going to go because I know where I'm going. I'm going up to be with Jesus. I actually had a dream the other day. Had a dream. Told my wife about it. I had a dream. No. And this was not a good dream. And in this particular dream, I was trying to get away. I was in a car. And as I'm getting, all of a sudden, it was like, you know, all that stuff, the lava going on over in uh, uh, Hawaii. And I saw my vehicle trying to get away. Yeah, go get away. Yeah. I don't even know what was chasing me, but I was trying to get away. And I didn't make it. And I hit that lava, and all of a sudden my, my car started. And I saw, and I'm like thinking to myself, in my, I'm thinking to myself in my dream, why is this happening? And I saw myself going, and all of a sudden it was like, and I, as I'm going into the lava, I'm saying, Jesus, Jesus. Then all of a sudden I'm, like, I'm, I'm in a room full of people, and I'm looking around, and it doesn't look like it's supposed to look. It ain't heaven. And so all of a sudden, I jump up on this table. I said, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And this one guy says, that don't help here. (laughs) I said to my wife, I don't believe that. Why are y'all looking at me like that? I am a Christian. I'm a born-again believer. Heaven is my home. Hallelujah. (laughs) I just thought it was kind of funny. Anyway, I'll just move on over here move on into my message because your pastor is born again, by the way. All right. Praise the Lord. Turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. God is good. Amen. Do you know that you can have a no soul salvation? Isn't that good to know? When you first got born again, I don't know, was it the same for you as it was for me? I know my wife used to tell me this. Almost every service she got born again when she was younger. And it seems like a lot of times people have the mentality, well, if I mess up, I got to get born again again. No, you don't got to get born again again. Because once you get born again, it's done. It's a no-so salvation. It's a one-time occurrence. Amen. Your spirit goes from death unto life. You don't go die again. You're always alive unto him. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. Well, anyway, as you're turning there to Matthew chapter 25, let me remind you we've been on a series On what manner of man is this? What manner of man was Jesus when he walked the earth? And what manner of man or woman we should be as his followers, as Christians? So far in this study, we've seen that Jesus was a man of prayer. So we should be people of prayer. We've seen that Jesus was a man who operated in authority. So we should operate in authority. We saw that Jesus operated always operated in the god kind of love so we should always operate in the god kind of love did you know this let me tell you look at me i want everybody to look at me i want everybody to look at me did you know that when you're operating in the love of god it has nothing to do with your feelings i know i've said this to you before but it needs to be repeated right here and right now did you know that it has nothing to do with what's fair did you know that If somebody has done you wrong, and I mean legitimately done you wrong, you're still called to walk in love to that person. 
whether that person ever asks you to forgive them or not. You're called to walk in love to them. What if somebody cusses you out? What if somebody does something like steals something from you? Here's the big one. What if somebody hurts one of your children? Boy, that would take nothing but the grace of God. I'm keeping it real now. Someone ever hurt my wife? Mm-mm-mm. I tell you, it would be nothing but the grace of God to keep me from wanting to retaliate. I used to be a fighter. I used to brawl. I used to get in fights for no reason at all. I actually got in a fight. I'm not saying this to glorify this instance. I'm just giving you an example. I got in a fight with a guy coming out of a bar night simply because the guy had long hair. Serious. Put the guy in the hospital. That's how sorry of a rascal I was. But that is not who I am no more. Yeah, my wife said, thank you, Lord. I'm not, listen, my son has long hair. The point I'm trying to get at is this. I want us to get a hold of the fact that if we're truly walking in the love of God, it has nothing to do with our feelings. It has everything to do with what's written in the Holy Bible. Was it fair for Jesus to be on the cross for your sins and for my sins? Was that fair? Did Jesus have to forgive? Did he have to? No, he didn't have to, but he wanted to. He chose to. He went beyond probably. I mean, think about it. People driving nails in your hands and in your feet. Throwing a crown of thorns on your brow. Slopping you, spitting on you, pulling your beard out. And you have done nothing wrong. Nothing. Not once. Was that fair? So when people do something to you that you don't believe is fair, just remind yourself of Jesus. And I tell you, this is, I, I cannot express to you, I know I knew I, knew I was going to stop here for a, for a short period of time. You've got to do these things by faith. You've got to learn to do these things by faith. Faith does not involve how we feel. Faith is based upon the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. What does the word say? I'm called to forgive as Christ forgave us. No matter how I feel about that person. I've heard it said, and I've said it to you before. You can tell you're really walking in love when you really feel like slapping somebody. Putting your hands around their throat and shaking them a little bit. Am I the only one that's ever felt like that where some people are concerned? I'm just keeping it real. I'm not trying to be rude, crude, or anything else. But people have not treated my wife and me real kind over the years. But you know what? what? What good would it do? Pastor of Celebration of Life Church is in jail. We're struggling, struggling one of his congregation, <laughs> people of his congregation. Hmm, come here, Kelby. No. <laughs> I do what I do by faith. And I, and I always use this illustration. The hardest one I have to forgive is myself. And that's, that is the bottom line. But I still am called to forgive, am I not? I need to look in a mirror and even though I feel like punching that guy, or like I like to say, jump out of myself and kick myself on the backside for what I've done, but instead of that, I forgive myself. And I literally say from my mouth, I may not feel like doing this, but I'm doing it because God told me to do this. I'm not just up here sharing this with you to be sharing this with you. You need to live this way. You need to live this way. And guess what will happen? Listen, 
I want you to pay attention to me. If you begin to operate in the love of God and you forgive others who don't really need, shouldn't be forgiven, but you're going to do it anyway because God's telling you to do it, guess what's going to happen? You will live a life without failing. The love of God never fails. The love of God never fails. It's not easy to do. But by God's grace, you can do it. I don't care who you are. I don't care how mature you are in Christ. I don't care if you just got born again yesterday. You can do it. God's grace is sufficient for you. Learn to live by faith. And that works big time in this area of walking in love. Amen? So we've seen that Jesus was was a man of prayer. He operated in authority. He operated in the love of God. And so should we. And we've just recently been on the fact that Jesus, our God, is faithful. He's faithful to always do. He was faithful to always do what his father told him to do. Isn't that true? I mean, that had to be true because he said he always pleased the father. And the only way to please the father is by faith. And he said, I only do what I see the father do. I only do what I hear the father say. And if that's the way he did it, Guess what? That's the way we're supposed to do it. Did you know that we're called to be faithful? We're called to be faithful. Look there in uh, Matthew chapter 25. Beginning in verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven. How many of you belong to the kingdom of heaven? I want you to raise your hand if you belong to the kingdom of heaven. Do you belong to the kingdom of heaven? Okay, so this is for you. Written for you. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Who called his own servants. And delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents. To another two and to another one. To each one according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Now I want to stop right here. Why did he give more to one servant. Than he did to another. Because he gave to each one. According to his own ability. So that means the one he gave five to could handle five. The one he gave two to, two two, could handle two. But what about the one that only received one talent? Why did he only receive one talent? Because that's all he could handle. Now I'm going to get into this just a moment more uh, thoroughly. One of the biggest issues you're going to have to overcome in your life is to ever label God as not being fair God is fair always and whatever he's given to you in comparison to what he's given to others is not based upon that he likes that person more than you that he loves that person more than you it has to do with what you're able to handle but if you're able to handle it Hope you're paying attention. If you're able to handle it, then you know. How am I trying to say that, Lord? If he's given it to you, that means he believes you can handle it. But it also means that he doesn't want you to stay there. He expects you to take what you have and do something with it. Are you listening? Now, go to verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. 
And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, how many understand that this, is, this, this set of scriptures is prophetic? These, these scriptures are prophetic. Because this is re, uh, referring to us as born-again believers. Remember, this set of scriptures began with the statement, For the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, you need to hear me now. Every one of you in this room, if you're a Christian, you will stand before our Lord and Savior by yourself and give account of what you did with what you were given. Every one of you will stand before Jesus and give account of what you did with what you were given. Every one of you will stand before Jesus and give account of what you did with what you're given. And guess what? There's not going to be any excuses when you're standing before him. There's not going to be any excuses. Well, if I could have just had more of this, Jesus, if I'd have just been smarter, Jesus, if I'd have been raised on a, in a better home, Jesus, you think that's going to wash with him? Listen to this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9. Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absence, to be well-pleasing to him. Again, how do we please the Lord? I mean, I, I want to please him big time with my life because of all he's done for me. How about you? There's only one way to please the Lord, isn't there? We've got to live by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So if you want to please God, you've got to start living according to the word of God. Instead of living by how you feel or what you're seeing. I cannot express to you enough the importance of striving to live your life like that every single day. Have you ever woken up on a day and that day just went really hunky-dory? I mean, it, was, it went smooth, everything seemed good, everything fell right into place. But you never really gave thought about God because of that. You're listening. Just kind of went through the day. It was all right. It was good. But you never really thought about God throughout your day. Now, I'm not c coming against you because of that. Or, you know, obviously I'm not trying to condemn you at all. But the point I'm trying to make is, shouldn't we want God involved with our lives every single day? Shouldn't we want to live a life of faith every day? We're called to live by faith. It's the only way to please him. I want to please him. How about you? Then you're going to have to do it by, by faith. Which means it's not according to what Pastor Dan says. It's according to what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? I'm called to live this way. Did you? Oh, man, Lord, I could get off on that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You should make it our aim, whether present or absence, to be well-pleasing to him. We should make it our aim to wake up every morning and say, today I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to put my focus on God right now. I just woke up. What's that what song we sing? That new one, Everlasting, uh, uh, Endless Hallelujah. 
you know, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I, my first thought is of you, and I'm not quoting it verbatim, and when I put my head down at night, my last thought is of you. When we wake up in the middle of the night, who are we thinking about? See what I'm saying? He's always on our mind. I want to please him. I want you to want to please him. And I'm telling you how you can to live by faith. I tell you, it will change you. Instead of waking up thinking, boy, I'm going to ha- I have a hard day in front of me. I got a lot of things to do today. Oh, I got all these challenges facing me. Instead of waking up thinking on that, why not wake up saying, this is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what I encounter today, no matter what I face, no matter how great the challenge, my steps are ordered of the Lord. I know the Holy Spirit is leading me through this life. I know I'm going to be positioned right where I need to be at the right time because my God is with me. He's in me. He's with me. He's strengthening me. He's empowering me. No matter what I go through, I'm coming over it. I'm coming through it. I'm going to come out victorious on the other side. Why not wake up doing that? Now, you might think to yourself right now, Pastor Dan, I don't know if you know what I'm going through. I know who knows what you're going through. And his name is Jesus. And because of what you're going through, he's given you grace to overcome, to live free, to come out victoriously. Amen. All of us have faced great trials, fiery trials, some hotter than others. We were talking about some of the different things we've gone through in our life. But through it all, through it all, my God's been there for me. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. And I tell you what, sometimes I feel like he should leave me and should forsake me because of what I've done, because of the mistakes I've made. But he will not because he said it in his word and it's impossible for him to lie. He's always there for me. I want to please him. I didn't plan on staying on this long. But I tell you what, do you want to please him? You know, when I first got married to this woman, when I first, I'll say it this way, when I first fell in love with her, I went out of my way to please her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she said, what happened? See, if I ever tell you again, I'm more in love with her today than when we first fell in love. See if I ever say that again. <laughs> I got the pulpit. You got anything else you want to say? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I went out of my way to please her. I learned about my wife, and she does the exact same thing for me. She goes out of her way for me. Did you know? I know some of you are going to get some. Some of y'all going to get upset about this. That's all right, because this is one of her languages of love. You know what she does for me? She prepares my meal for me, and she brings it to me. She doesn't say. She doesn't say, "Honey, it's done. Come get it." She she puts it on a plate and brings it to me. Did you know that? Did you know that she does that? She does, she does, she does that for me. Because she's trying to please me. She's trying to honor me. She's expressing her love for me. I'm not telling you you have to do it exactly that way. Women, and I'm not trying to be a... What's the word? Misog- that's such a big word. Misogynistic. I have, I have aught with women. I don't have aught with women. I got a wife. I got daughters. I got a daughter-in-law. Hallelujah. I'm very blessed, very blessed man. But if I'm going to please my wife and my kids, I'm going to do all I can 
to make their life better. Amen. And if we're going to please God, then we should go out of our way to make ourselves the best we can be for him. Make our, excuse me, make ourselves available for him. Amen. Live the life of faith. Go to verse 10 because this is where we're supposed to be going. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I want to go back and read that again. For we must, what's the next word? For we must what? Everybody say all. Does all include you? If all was all gone, if all, what does all mean in the Bible? All. Everybody say all means all. That means you. You are going to do what? You're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, I know a lot of times people like to take these scriptures and twist them somewhat and make them to say that when we stand before Jesus, we're going to have to answer to him for our sins. Ah, wrong. Jesus has already taken care of our sins when he died on the cross 2,000 years ago. You need to understand that. You will not stand before the judgment seat of Christ and answer for your sins. Because if you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ and answering for your sins, then you ain't born again. And that means you won't be standing before the judgment seat of Christ. Whew, I don't think I can say that again. <laughs> but, the, but I want you to catch that. Your sins have already been dealt with. Your sins have already been judged. I don't know about you, but that kind of makes me want to shout a little bit. Your sins have already been judged. Jesus took the judgment for your sins upon himself when he died on the cross and then died and went to hell. He took the judgment upon himself for your sins and my sins, glory to God. So when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we don't have to be wondering, I wonder if he's going to bring up what I did back then. Oh, dear Jesus, I hope he doesn't bring up that or that. No! We've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have right standing with Almighty God. I don't care how badly you miss it after you got born again. The blood of Jesus is still as powerful. These girls are looking a little hot, so I was waiting. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, that blesses me. So what does this mean? It matters that no matter who you are, as a Christian, one day you're going to stand before the Lord and give account to him for what you did with what he gave you. You're going to stand before the Lord. And see, I, I'm, I'm, can I just throw this out for free right now when I'm saying this? Sometimes, not, I mean, now this time it is happening, but sometimes this happens with me when I'm preaching. I'm not, I'm not trying to stomp on your toes. You know what I'm talking about, spiritually stomp on your toes. But right now I'm getting my toes stomped on a little bit. Have you ever had your toes stomped on spiritually? Hopefully I'm making you stop and think right now. Because you will stand before Jesus and answer to him for what you did with what he gave you. There is no getting around it. There will be no excuses. You're going to have to answer to him for what you did. Everybody just smile real big. Can I get ahead of myself? Again, this is not to bring condemnation. This message is not to bring condemnation. What this message is all about is to help us recognize things we need to do, things we need to change and adjust, so that then when we do stand before Jesus Christ, we will hear these words that I'm going to get ahead of myself and say, well done, good and faithful servant. A lot of us need to make some adjustments. How many know that's true? I've got to make some adjustments. 
I was telling my wife on the way over to Missoula. The Lord keeps getting on me about certain things. And I, 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 you know what I deal with? You all want, want to know what I deal with? Who am I? Who am I? Why would, you know what God's been dealing with me about for a long time? Can I just share this with you? I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to do it because the Spirit of God's prompting me to do it. You know what it is the Lord's prompting me to do for a long time now? Write a book. Not just a book. I'm supposed to write books. And that's what I deal with is who am I? Who's going to want to read my books? And guess what it is? Guess what it is? Guess what I'm talking like that? Guess what, is, what I'm doing? What I'm doing is I'm putting the focus solely on me. My, my books. My books. It has nothing to do with me. If God is leading me to do it, then he's going to give me the grace to do it. And God's going to get all the glory for it. Did you hear what I just said? So why am I not doing it? i got to get off my tutukis and get busy with it. I already know one of the books I'm supposed to I already know two of the books I'm supposed to write. Okay, maybe three. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Just stop right there for right now. <laughs> but it, it literally, whatever. See, I, I've said this to you before. God will never ask us to do something we can do in and of ourselves. Because if we did it in and of ourselves, we get the glory. Whatever God asks us to do is going to be impossible to us to do. I like it that way, really. I really do. Then it's all up to him. I've heard John Bevere. How many have read any of John Bevere's books? He's got tons of books out there. Bait of Satan is probably his most popular. Very well-known Christian author. Sold, I think, millions of copies of books. I know he has. But he said when the Lord spoke to his heart to start writing, he dealt the exact same thing. And he said when he sat down at a computer, he's like going, or I don't even know how he did it. I just used the computer as an example. But he said when he sat down to start to write, his body yielded himself to it. He was amazed with the way it just began to flow out. Just began to flow out. What happened? He got over himself, over into God's grace. And when that happened, everything God was instructing him to do began to, to come to him and began to go through him. You see how I'm saying that? Does God want to do that for you? Oh, boy. Every one of you. Every one of you. Every one of you have been given gifts and talents. And you will stand before the Lord on Judgment Day. And he will ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? Now let's continue reading. Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant, you were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Mm, doesn't that just sound good? Thank you, Jesus. Verse 22. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been 
faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I want you to notice how the man with two talents, who doubled what he had been given, heard the exact same words as the man with five talents, who had doubled what he had been given. Why was that? Because he was just as faithful to do what the Lord had given him as the person who had been given the five. Now, if you didn't get anything else this morning, I want you to catch something here. Get this. God is not going to reward us according to how much money we accumulate or how many things we've obtained, how big a house we have, how big a church we have, how big a business we have. He doesn't reward quantity. He doesn't reward quantity. He only rewards faithfulness. Did you hear that? He only rewards faithfulness. For example, what if a pastor does everything the Lord has instructed him to do and he only has a church of 100 people? Will he hear the same thing as a pastor of a church of 10,000 as long as that pastor did everything he had been told to do? Absolutely. God rewards what? Faithfulness. You know, as the pastor of this church, Joan and I, you know, we know we've been called here. We know it. But I'm going to be honest with you. we, We have... I am convinced as long as we do what we've been told to do here, I'm going to hear those words on Judgment Day. Whether we have 100 or 10,000 or 100,000, doesn't matter. As long as we are found faithful. I want to say something again. Sometimes it's a struggle when you have this big vision on the inside of you. Now, can I just be real with you? When I see empty seats, and it doesn't seem like we ever go from where we're at to where God, I know, has spoken to my heart, we're supposed to be at. Struggle. And I began to examine myself and beat myself up. What are you doing, Daniel? What are you doing wrong? What's wrong with you, Daniel? Can you not preach? Do you not know how to teach the word? Or are you... What's, you know what I used to say? You know what? This is the thought. You know what I used to? Sometimes the devil would hit me with this. He would, this is one of the thoughts the devil hit me with. You preach too loud. Yeah. You preach too loud. You get too excited. People don't, people don't, people don't like that. I'm just telling you, these are the thoughts I've dealt with. I mean, we've, we've had people come into this church, and we've had people leave this church, and if you only knew for some of the reasons... But you know what's going to happen? Guess who they're going to stand before on Judgment Day? They're going to stand before Jesus. And I'm not trying to condemn anybody who's no longer with us. I love them. And I mean that with the bottom of my heart. My wife and I, we love them. We'll go up to them and hug them. And I know they feel uncomfortable when they see us. But that's okay. Because I'm not going bringing in condemnation. But I want you to know this. Even though we may 
struggle, which means what? We're human. Even though we may feel challenged, we've already made the decision. We're supposed to be here. God called us here. He's the one who planted this church. He's the one who established this place. And I believe he's big enough to keep us here. The same God who spoke the word to us to come here is the same God I know is faithful to keep us while we're here. And everything he's spoken to our hearts shall come to pass. And even though I haven't seen it yet, all I got to do is look out and see a Kelby or a Ron or a, uh, uh, the other Kelby or, or, or Chuck. All of you wonderful people. All I got to do is look out at you. And I know I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep fighting this fight of faith. The fight of faith is a fight you win. It's a victorious fight, always. Do you know we're not supposed to fight for victory? We're supposed to fight from victory? Did you hear that? Hallelujah. And so no matter what we go through, I want you to know we're not, we refuse to quit. We refuse to give up. And I am telling you right now, if we're faithful to do what he's telling us to do, we're going to see these things come to pass. You know why I want a bigger church? Honestly, you want to know why? I want a bigger church because I know that means there's going to be more people in here who are receiving this word, this rich word. I'm not going to water down the word in this place. I'm going to preach the word because I know it's that word that's going to change you. And I am convinced as we continue to do this, preaching the word, preaching the word, we're going to see the accompanying signs and wonders. And those signs and wonders, you know, it shouldn't be like this, but it is the way it, it is the way people are. It is the way people are. They want to see things. Guess what that means? They're not being spiritual, are they? They're being natural. But that's okay. God still confirms his words with signs following, doesn't he? Do you, can I honestly, I want to, I want to see you. I want you to answer honestly. Do you believe that I believe in miracles? Do you believe I expect to see miracles? What I want to do is have you get on board and jump on that miracle train with me and say, I'm with you, pastor. I believe in for it too. I'm expecting it too. I started to read, uh, 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 e, uh not E.W. Kenyon, uh, Smith Wigglesworth book. Ever-increasing faith. Dear me, was he used by God. He only had a second-grade education. Oh, my goodness gracious. And I've only, you know, I, I've heard about some of the different things he's done. Raised 18 people from the dead. Went into a, actually went into a morgue. Went into a morgue, and the person was laid out. And he grabbed the person's body and threw it up against the wall. Life come back into him. Person got up alive. The, the mortician screamed and ran. No, I added that part, but you probably would, don't you think? Does God want to do those kinds of things today? See, we have thought that God is no longer in the miracle business because we don't see them 
like we think we saw them in the Bible days. And so as a result, we think, well, now we just have to convince people by being such a tremendous orator. I knew the Bible frontwards and backwards. I can quote this scripture and that scripture and all the other scriptures in between. I am a great theologian. I have a lot of letters after my name. <laughs> what about results? What about changed lives? What about people being raised up from the dead? What about people getting born again? What about people being filled with the Spirit? What about people being healed of sickness and disease? What about the miracles? My God is still the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still in the miracle business today. And I believe it. And even though this may look impossible, even though it might look like it's staying the same when you come into this church, glory to God, start to see it with the eyes of your heart and not with your physical eyes. We live by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. But see, this is what's going to happen. See, no, get this, get this. What's going to happen when you begin to see it? In here, like we're seeing it in here, what's going to happen? Then, glory to God, you're going to be going out of your way to grab people when you start to go to church. Come on, won't you come to church with me today? I don't even know you. That's okay. You're going to get blessed. Come to my church. You're going to get blessed. They come through those doors, and, they, and God shows up, and boosh. Let me tell you about how much I love you, how much I believe in you. Let me heal you of that sickness you've dealt with all these years of your life. Mm, mm, mm. my God is alive my God is big my God is awesome my God wants to do credible things to every one of you in this room what are you going to do with what he's given you what are you going to do with what he's given you what are you going to do with what he's given you you got to ask yourself do I want to hear those words or not well done, Ron. Good and faithful servant. Well done, Riley. Good and faithful servant. Well done, Melissa. Good and faithful servant. Do you want to hear that? I mean, with your name in there. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've seen her standing up there before the Lord. Well done, Melissa. <laughs> She's like, oh, what? <laughs> but that's the truth of the matter, isn't it? Don't you want to hear that? You know, we have a choice. Every day we have a choice. We can wake up and live for God or we can wake up and live for ourselves. We can wake up and have our focus on him and things above or we can wake up and think about what can I get for me. And again, I'm not, I am not somebody who's against being blessed. But I am against those things having you. Did you hear what I just said? I want everybody in this room to be such... I want the fire of God upon this place. I want fire trucks showing up here because they think it's on fire, but it's the glory resting on this. That happened at Azusa Street. I mean, that literally happened at Azusa Street. Hello? We talked about what would you do if Jesus walked through those doors? They had the glory cloud so, so thick, as I've told you before. Children, they'd hide and seek in it. I mean, you're talking about miracles after miracles after miracles. Has God changed? Is he not the same? 
Does he not want to do these things today? You know what's going to happen when people begin to hear about the miracles happening in this place? It's going to be voiced abroad. People are going to come to this church. But it's up to you to get a hold of this yourselves. Don't be moved by what you can see with your natural eyes. Go to your heart. We're called to live by faith. My goodness. I'm getting myself stirred up. I, I, I'll close with this. My ultimate goal. My ultimate goal. Stand before Jesus. On that judgment day. And hear, well done, Daniel. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Is that your ultimate goal? Now, I want to say this. It's easy to nod your head in a search service like this. It's a totally different ball of wax when tomorrow you wake up and, and life hits you square in the face. Totally different matter. So it begins when you wake up. First thoughts. Are they on God or on something else? If they start to be on something else, oh, dear God, how did I, you know, I just don't feel, oh. No, change it immediately. Capture it. We're listening to a message. Slap it down. Slap down those thoughts. Slap down those, be, we got to get persnickety about it. When thoughts come that are going to try to hold you back, slap them down. No. When, when thoughts try to come and say, you're never going to achieve that, slap them down. Get, get persnickety. You know what I mean by persnickety? Be bold about it. I want, I, I, and I've said, I, I, God, give me grace to live my life that way. Anything negative comes into my head, I'm going to slap it down. If you see me walking around, I'm going like this. Don't, don't think it's strange. I'm slapping down those negative thoughts. We all should. We got to get that way. Because again, it's the devil will be sure to hit you with these kinds of thoughts. Slap them down. Take the thoughts captive to the obedience of God. Amen. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, slap it down. <laughs> She's looking at me smiling big. <laughs> what did I get into this morning? <laughs> I love you guys. I love you. Every one of you. I believe in you. And I believe in this church. I believe we were brought here for such a time as this. And I know this too. That God is going to be bringing more people alongside of us to help us. I believe it's going to be... Hallelujah. To the glory of God. We're going to see this come to pass. We're going to see this come to pass. That day when God uses you to perform a miracle. Oh my. You talk about changing things. And what's the greatest miracle of all? You get born again. God uses you to lead someone to Christ. Boy, that's fun. That's fun. That's what it's all about. Everybody say, I am determined to hear. Well done. Good and faithful servant. When I stand before Jesus on judgment day. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
know I am. Looking forward to that. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord God, you're working in all of us. Lord, it is our desire to be as faithful, to do what you are calling us to do, as Jesus was faithful to do what he was called to do. Lord, we want to see increase in our lives. We want to see those rewards flooding into our lives, but we know that it only happens when we are found faithful. So we look to you right now for your grace to live in the fullness of who you've called us to be. And do everything you've called us to do. I love you so much, dear God. With eyes closed now and no one looking around. There's anybody in this room who doesn't know for certain that if you died today, yeah, I'm going to be that blunt.